Welcome to this Golf Central podcast presented by Callaway Golf. We promised you daily pods from the major championships, and you're going to get daily pods from the major championships. I'm Rex Hoggard, soon to be joined by Ryan Lavender here at our luxurious flat. It really is. And where's where's the bunkmate? Where's the bunkmate? Uh, she's out having dinner. So much to get to today. We had uh, surprisingly low scores. Uh, I think you've said this a couple times already. Relatively benign conditions. And what we ended up with is a leaderboard with a lot of red on it. And I don't think anybody's surprised. Without the weather, I don't know what we could have done differently. A little bit of Tiger talk, a little bit of other talk. Before we get to that, let's get to Callaway's new wedges. Callaway's new Jaws Raw wedges are already a winner on tour. They're designed to deliver pure spin in its rawest form. And Xander Schauffele had Jaws Raw in the bag for his thrilling victory at the Travelers Championship. There were 41 Jaws Raw in play last week at the Scottish Open, and Kevin Kisner, Mark Leishman, and many more are playing them at St. Andrews. These wedges feature the most aggressive grooves in golf, now with a raw face that promotes maximum spin. Jaws Raw is available for pre-order now, and you can find more at KellawayGolf.com. Folks, he nailed it. How about that? He nailed the pod read. This was, I think this is the fourth or fifth attempt that we're trying to do. A Jaws, Jaws Raw was just not going to come was just not going to come out. I think this was retribution for me getting the, the driver that I was touting a couple days ago. You think it's that not that you couldn't get the Jaws meat. raw. It's that you sound awful. A little you bit of a frog. sound terrible. A little bit of a frog in the throat. No, I think I, it's the allergies. Yes. Allergies are kicking up here at St. Andrews. Do not worry. Do not have COVID. Just a little bit of a head cold because of the allergies. Nothing to concern yourself with. However, that pod read was just not going to happen. I, I, we could have been here all night. We're, the whole point of this was to like do them quickly, to flush them out, and move on with our lives. And yet, that is something that we were unable to do. Rex, thank you for driving uh, the podcast for the it. first time in probably uh, a year. Let's start, Rex, with uh, Tiger Woods, since it's fresh in our minds. We just uh, heard from him in the mix zone area, as they call it, uh, over here across the pond at the Open Championship. What were your takeaway from Tiger's opening 78, which equals his highest ever opening round in the Open Championship? As we addressed in the pod just a few days ago, I was the one that went out on the limb that has now crumbled under me and I've fallen to the earth and broken every bone in my body because I said he could contend. And as we now realize, after- which you meant as a top 10. Uh, I did. I did. And I felt pretty good about that. I, I kind of had talked myself out of it by the time I got to the into the column but mercer was looking over my shoulder and i couldn't really start something new with that point i felt like i was kind of all in so i i felt like coming into this one his confidence level forget about our confidence confidence level i felt like his confidence level was much much higher than it had been at the masters and the pga championship i felt like this golf course suited everything that he's able to do now and he even said as much after the round today that physically this one did not take the toll that southern hills said it was easier it did not take the toll that Southern Hills and Augusta National did. He just didn't have his game. And look, he got unlucky on the first hole, and that sort of set the tone. And you hit a, what he said was a perfect four iron right into the fairway and right into the middle of a divot. And then he chunks it into the burn, and we're off and running with a double. But boat. tones can be changed. He, see, he, put, he put a lot of emphasis on tones. how that was such a, a poor omen for the day, finding that, quote, fresh divot that he eventually dumped in the – burn and made double bogey his biggest issue as it typically is over the past 15 years that we've seen in this championship is he cannot get adjusted to the slow greens he typically slaps that lead weight on the back of the putter trying to get a little bit more hit into the stroke and I think he three putted four or five times today just had absolutely no feel 
on around the greens. You saw him miss short putts. You saw him uh, from 50, 60 feet, uh, leave it woefully short. It is an interesting dynamic here, Rex, at the old course in which the fairways are significantly faster than the greens. I do think the greens will eventually speed up by the time we get to the weekend. It'll be like crispy brown. I feel like they're like saving I, I feel like they're erring on the side of caution. They, they certainly are. And Martin Slumbers even said as much in his uh, press conference on Wednesday that they've been holding back the greens, uh, particularly after a warm start uh, to this tournament week. But it does create an interesting dynamic that it's so fast, it's so fiery in the fairway, and then you get on the greens uh, and they're much slower than they appear. I, I'm with you, Rex. I'm I'm shocked. I did not. Uh, go so far as to say that I thought he could contend. I believe that was how you couch it. He could contend. I thought a top 25 finish uh, was entirely realistic. Him making the cut at the Masters and the PGA Championship, uh, in hindsight, uh, is an incredible achievement. And I thought this was his best uh, opportunity uh, to put four good rounds together, the style of play, uh, the relatively flat walk. And, and as you said, he just did not have his game. I was out on the range on Wednesday, I even tweeted as much like watching him uh, and go going through his bag, high shots, stingers, draws. Oh, you were a I mean, fan. He had, com- yeah. he had complete control over every single shot uh, in his arsenal. And so to see him play today and shoot 78 and beat just a handful of players, uh, that was very surprising. I don't want to be the agent of chaos and get us off topic because this one needs to be tight. We, we understand. Got to keep it high and tight. That's, That's right. right. This is already the fourth or fifth take. <laughs> we we want to keep this one kind of short. We want to go 15, 20 minutes. You're you welcome, guys. folks. Yes. We want to go 15, 20 minutes, keep it tight, let you know what happened today. But I do want to know, does it really matter if it's a fresh di- divot that you're, you're hitting out of or if it's been there for two weeks? Does it really make a difference? Probably, because it would be, I'm assuming, a little bit deeper. If it's a fresh? fresh divot? Yeah. So you're saying there's no sand in it, is what you're saying. Correct. But I don't know that that really, it, I don't know. Because if that I, be- really I believe, they, the I believe they pour sand in them at the end of the day for all of the old divots. Right. The guy comes around with a bucket and a shovel like it's cam at the beach. Okay, to keep things moving along, I'm going to go ahead and agree with that. You and I did have an interesting conversation. I have no idea if that's true. I, yeah, I, I just made that up. You, you played along well. Um, we did have an interesting conversation walking back to the flat as far as what Tamar is going to be like. Does he stop on the bridge and, and pose for photos? And what will that mean? And Because we're going to read a million things into it that, oh, he's, he's taking his last walk. He's never going to do this again. I don't believe that. You're under a little different mindset. I think he'll be back here someday. Not... Not as a competitor, but I think he will take that that ceremonial lap that all golfers have. Jack did, Arnie did. But in, a, in a recreational round, he's either going to play the open or he's not going to play the open. I know, yeah, in the open. No, I think he comes back whenever that is, the next time or maybe the time after that. Through twenty twenty five, in all likelihood, they're not going to be in that five twenty twenty seven. It's probably, probably not going to be that five year rotation anymore. The golf course needs uh, to be a little bit tricked up in order to do that. Well, no, I think I don't agree with that. I think it's not going to be the five year rotation because they've added Port Rush to the mix, and eventually, I feel like they had Turnberry back into the mix, so you, you would end up. Whenever that happens, I, I don't want to get into political maneuverings. Have that, <laughs> I don't know. There, there's get back in the there's some uncomfortable things yeah. that go along we'll, with that. We'll look, we're probably looking at at minimum twenty twenty six years. Yeah. In which case he'd be 52 years old. I mean, who knows if he's playing golf at that time? Who knows if he's upright at that time? Like we have no idea. So I, in, in all likelihood, and Tiger is approaching. Well, apparently it was, it was supposed to be Sunday, but I, I, I would assume that he's approaching. Because you're calling Friday, tomorrow Saturday. the last walk, though, is what you're kind of saying. In That's the, what you indicated to me. In a St. Andrews Open? Yeah. Yes. Yes. I, I, don't, I don't see that. I don't, the I, bigger question <clears throat> and the rumor mill that was circulating 
earlier this week. How on many times media, as a journalist, the lady, do you have to hear a rumor before you believe it? The lady, the lady on the plane flying over here. She said, "I, I, she I sounds been, solid." She goes, "I've been hearing things. I think this is Tiger's farewell." I, I did have Rex. I had a hunch. I, there was, there was zero basis for this whatsoever. I just had a hunch that, huh, favorite golf course in the world. He proved that he could come back from this debilitating injury. It, it made at least a semblance, you know, some semblance of uh, sense that that this could be his final competitive round ever. I do not believe that that's the case. I think the fact that he showed that he could make the cut still yes. at Augusta national, just six weeks after being medically cleared uh, to, to kind of uh, go through that grueling walk uh, to me, I don't think he has uh, any, any quit at him as for a St. Andrews open. Yes. This is the final time that he will play this now in competition. No, he'll take the walk. It'll be ceremonial. He won't show up here expecting. To be he might not be able to make the walk in six or seven years. I mean, you're, you're making these leaps and you're just being ridiculous. Just stop. Just stop being the, again, the agent of chaos and just look ahead six years. And, and yes, he has had. That's a long, long time. He has had many, many physical challenges. I will agree with you on that front. However, six years ago, Tiger wasn't even have a back surgery yet. We did it. With Jack, we did it with Arnie. The greats do that. It's what they do here. Tiger appreciated those two when they walked away. He was here for both of them. And I think he would kind of appreciate the idea. You're right in as much as he probably wants to go out on top and not look back like other athletes. I agree with you. That was your take. And I do agree with that. This is different, though. I would say this is different. And Augusta National is different. He will lean into that nostalgic part of what makes golf so special because we have these connections between our champions. Jack Nicholas sat in the media center this week talking about the first time he met Bob Jones. Oh, and that was a long answer. That was a really long answer. All right, to keep things moving along, you wrote Rory McIlroy had a wonderful round today. He is trailing Cameron Young. What was your take? Uh, my take is that he seems to have fixed these flummoxing. Fixed? These flummoxing first rounds. J- Jaws raw. raw. Jaws raw wedges, <laughs> flummoxing first rounds. That was the narrative for Rory basically over the past five or six years. The reason why he has extended his major list drought now uh, to eight years. Think about this, Rex. Over the past seven years, he started out a combined 34 over par in opening rounds. This year, even though he uh, started over par at Augusta National, he is a combined 12 under in the opening rounds of major championships. He had the 65 at the PGA Championship, a 67 at the U.S. Open, and now a 66 was left him two shots back of Cameron Young. Asked about that today. Asked how he could possibly explain that. He says he has some freedom. This is a guy who, for years, he he waffled whether he was supposed to put, you know, so much emphasis on majors or whether he was supposed to treat it as just a regular tour event. This was a guy who had come in here winning a, a couple times over the past month, entering a major championship, and then he'd crash and burn in the opening round. He seems at peace. He seems happy. He used the word settled. He said the word quiet and calm. Uh, to me, this is Roy McIlroy's uh, best chance uh, to win a major that I've seen over the past couple of years. Uh, I don't know about that. I, I would say best chance to win a major at, on a golf course. He absolutely loves I don't on even a golf know course that's where he has true. a great track record with his game in full flight. I don't even know if that's true. Two shots off the lead. Over a guy who's never we won go a major back to 2015, event. No, because if we go back to 2015 before the, the kickabout and he hurts himself, he would have come in here as just the, the obvious favorite, the heavy favorite. I mean, they, everyone would have said, Oh, it's going to be Roy. 2015. Yeah. Jordan Spieth after Back-to-back major championships? I think if you go back and you look at the narrative coming into 2015, if the Roy McIlroy was the betting favorite, a prohibitive favorite, he was not. 
Mm. But he was the betting I would, favorite. I would I, have I given it to you for both of them. I, I would go and I would strongly recommend people go to golfchannel.com and check out the punch shot we did because we had to do a winner and we had to do a contender. My contender Same. was Rory. Same. And so was mine. And I think we probably did it for the same reasons. And there's a distinction there that I wish I could have picked him as the winner. As you as we've discussed, I'm in the bag. But there is going to be something that happens over the next three days. And I've seen it time and time again now where you expect him. This is his week. He's, he's He has to do it now. Everything's moving in his direction until things don't move in his direction. And we've seen it too many times. We've seen it too many times. I mean, Augusta, he opened with an overpar round when Scotty Scheffler uh, started so well at the PJ Championship. He was in the mix uh, through 36 holes, backed up on Saturday, even uh, just a couple of weeks ago, Rex, at, at the U.S. Open. And look, he's he in his career has not really won these dog fights. I, I continually throw out uh, my favorite set of all time that Roy McIlroy has never won a golf tournament professionally in go. which the winning score was single digits under par. That's not going to be the case. All of the UK is going to rain down on you like they hate, this. they hate that. They stat. absolutely hate that stat. <laughs> facts are facts. It's uh, not so really the, facts. The US Open is not his uh, style of play. And yet he hung in there and could not get it done in the final round. I would also this is, strong- this is, this is perfect for him. The winning scores are between 15 and 19. The only guy ahead of him has never won a PJ Tour event. He had he admitted that he has no idea how he's going to play tomorrow. Roy has to feel really good when he goes to bet on Thursday night. Uh, and I feel bad dismissing Cameron Young because he's, he's We're been not on, dismissing him. He's that been was on a, a tear. That was a heck of a round. And that was an incredible round. Uh, and I would also recommend if you are going to check out the punt shot, just to slide down and do the math on Ryan Labner's because we, we did something a little bit different in this week's punt shots where we kind of threw out, okay, you have 50 pounds and you have to make 50 pounds worth of bets. And my man. I here, may have overspent. <laughs> <laughs> somehow he spent 120 pounds worth and <laughs> didn't seem to know how to do the math. I got a text from Will, got a text from Will Gray when we were out having our beer tower on Wednesday. He says, oh, you might want to do your math again there, pal. You, you overspent by 10 pounds. <laughs> Still a little unsure how the each way bet works. Uh, of those, however, who are on the leaderboard, and I picked Xander Shoffley as my winner. Who did you pick as your winner? Jordan Spieth, who is running hot. He did not look happy. He and, he and John Rom playing together. Uh, that was a combustible duo. Jordan Spieth, uh, we walked off the golf course. I believe he finished uh, at, at one under par. John Rahm. We ran from the golf par. course because we did not want to be I was not near be John Rahm. Stone, talking about pace of play, talking about putting. Nope. I'm going to have someone else step in there. Juan. Juan. Juan, Juan would take that bubble. Yeah. <laughs> he's going to take, stra- take a stray for all of us. Uh, thank, thank you so much, Juan, for doing that for us. Uh, Rex, you had an interesting uh, angle on day one. It was the live players. You cannot escape the live angle, but this time I could actually, I could actually see why you went in this direction. You think Lee Westwood, uh, the aging warrior, T four uh, after the opening round, uh, following a sixty eight. Dustin Johnson also in with a sixty eight. Ian Poulter with a sixty nine. Taylor Gooch. Well, yeah. What was what was your angle today? And I hate doing this and the editor sitting behind us and kind of glaring at me right now. And I, I don't like doing this when when the golf balls go in the air at a meaningful event like this, I would just assume leave these things behind that whatever is going to happen on Monday is going to happen on Monday. When it comes to live golf and the politics of golf, we know that the following Monday. Well, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, it. When there's more defections. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And there, it may come Monday. It may come Tuesday, but it's going to come. We know it's going to come. I hate doing it because this is the 150th open at St. Andrews. And there's so many other things to talk about. Which there's we- been shockingly little live talk. I've, to be honest, I would other, agree. Other than Tiger's comments on Tuesday. Uh, and Martin, Martin Slumber. Slumber and Martin Slumber's comment. But there hasn't been any, you know, there's no rumors. 
this, this uh, there's plenty of rumors. I mean, I, they, yeah, those go saying, yeah. saying, but it probably has a lot to do. And this, this goes to the narrative of col- column that none of those live players walked into the media center this week because they weren't invited or didn't want to be in there. I'm not quite sure how that worked out, but Phil Mickelson or Ian Poulter or Lee Westwood didn't do interviews. And that was clearly by design. And this goes along with the RNA's decision to disinvite or not invite, not invite. or shun or however, whatever it is they did to Greg Norman. And according to you, you talked to Phil today where he was strongly encouraged not to go to the celebration. They weren't telling him not to go, but they were also telling him it would be best if he didn't go. It's going to be uncomfortable. How about you? How about you don't do that? And Phil, to his credit, rather than make a scene, uh, decided uh, not not to go. I'm not sure whether there's uh, shame, embarrassment for what he has done over the past couple of months, but uh, good on Phil, I guess, for avoiding the champion's dinner, because I think that would have been incredibly awkward and probably distracted from a great evening. So I guess the point that I can't ignore and in, in why I sort of ran through all those roadblocks that I try to give myself when it comes to live golf and, and trying to find the balance between that and, and the actual competitions, the actual golf, which is what we're here to do and, and what we all like to talk about, is you can't ignore the fact that Ian Poulter shot three on today, today and that Lee Westwood was four under par and DJ's right there in the mix and Taylor Gooch Bryson and Bryson, Bryson is right there in the mix. And suddenly the very real possibility that Martin Slum- Slumbers, who spoke very long about live golf and, and really seemed to be the strongest of the four majors when it comes to we are standing against whatever that is. Cause we don't feel like that's good for our ecosystem. Did it again. Got it right. Ecosystem. Again. Nailed it. Nailed it. Definitely just, not ecosystem. Just can't do it on TV, but I can do it on the pod. I will say how uncomfortable that, that must feel thinking that Sunday he might be handing the Claire jug to one of those golf. Not going to happen. Uh, but it's not out of the realm of possibility. You can't sit here and tell me it's out of the realm of possibility. It is a slim possibility. You have five. Could it, could it happen? You it, have five live golfers right now inside the top five. The only the top pos- fifteen. The only possible guy is Dustin Johnson. Uh, I would uh, Bryson. Bryson DeChambeau is not winning this Open champion. I don't know that. DJ, of course, was the 36 hole leader in 2015. Ended up shooting 75-75 on the weekend and bombed out of the top 30. Don't think he's going to be a 36 hole leader. Got blown uh, away by the winds at St. George's. Uh, yes. I, it's could it happen? Sure, absolutely. It could Will happen. it happen? No. These uh, guys getting battled to go that These far. guys getting battle tested in fifty-four hole events at Pumpkin Ridge. They've been too. Let, let's dial that back. You make it sound like they've been. What else have they played? What else, what else have they played over the past couple of months? It's not the been US that, Open where they were non-factor. It's all not been that long. All of them non-factors. Brooks Kepka, Ian Mr. Major. Last week, Brooks Kepka, Mr. Major, almost forty shots better than any player in the major championships since 2017. Shot 73 today. He has been a complete non-factor in all the major championships. That's that's actually a good point because you and I have made have been in agreement that I'm not going to raise the alarm bells when it comes to Brooks Kepka because because oh look, they're they're sounded and now I think the batteries I think the batteries have already right. gone. Pull down. the fire alarm and run for the door because something's wrong because now we have played four majors. And he has been an utter non-factor. If anything, he's been completely irrelevant, which is something that a year ago was hard to wrap your mind around. I still think there's an injury issue. I, I mean, I talked to a member of his team uh, who thought that he was under, going to undergo season-ending hip surgery following the PGA Championship. I believe you reported that, didn't you? Did, did you not, not? Did not report it because no. I could not get a second source on it. It would but not. It seems like you're reporting it now. No, I'm saying that there is that there is speculation among members of his team that he needed uh, season-ending hip surgery. So there is something physically wrong with Brooks Kepka. Uh, it'll be interesting to see once the majors are over, even though those checks have cleared with Live Golf, uh, if he will eventually uh, do that. What do you, what's your prediction then? How do you, how do you think this, this plays out? Does Martin Slumbers squirm on, on 18? Or does he 
not wash his hands after going to the bathroom before a live guy wins the, <laughs> wins the championship? I mean, what's, what's going to happen? Can't do that. Not in a COVID age. I mean, you've got to wash your hands. COVID's You're, over. It's not a, it's not a, I think Fauci, I saw on the news today, is telling folks in California you might start wearing masks again. Oh, come on. It's a true story. Yeah, folks wearing masks in the media center. Good for them. Look it up. Uh, no, delaying this ship and, and just to do it with a, with a very, very fine point. Again, even at this place where golf is so important, there's so much history, history there's so many storylines that live golf cannot, still can't be ignored in this situation. And, and look, this has everything to do with Ian Poulter and Lee Westwood standing in front of the medium and just spitting venom in the media. And Phil. And, and Phil. Phil. And Phil. Like somehow it's this is a narrative. Combative. The construct, I think, was the word that was used today. That has Lee been... Westwood called it a media construct. And, and that's completely false. It's entirely false. What's happening now in the world of golf is real. There's no reason to ignore it. Ignore it. But there's, and there's, anim- there's, there's animosity there, among the players. Go talk to animos- Justin Thomas. Go talk to Roy. We Manfred. had this conversation yesterday after you and I got done on live from where Kevin Na is hitting balls mm-hmm. next to Tiger Woods, a live player next to Tiger Woods, who has been very, very outspoken, even more so this week. And Kevin Na sat and stared at Tiger for a long time before he even I thought he was going him. to give him the cultural the entire time. About it's that, real. About 10 or 15 minutes, he finally broke down, talked to him for about a minute, and then went about his business. When Those two are pretty chummy ordinarily. And, and if Sunday, if, if it comes to pass that a live golfer does win this, he will still not happen. He will still get his name engraved on the Claire Jug, and he'll go into history. But it shows you the crossroads we're at in, in the game right now. Just to button up something real quick, John Rahm shot a 1-over-73 on Thursday, I'm we missed that scrum. I'm hoping Juan was not in the mix zone and had, had to take that ball. We, were, we really love Juan. I don't want to see uh, anything happen to him. He's there's a there's a big size disparity. He works hard. Two. He takes a lot of straights for us. We should we should be appreciative of that, folks. I have no idea how long this podcast went. There's no time code uh, on this on this pod record. Of course, this is the fourth or fifth time uh, we've attempted to do this after Jaws raw wedges. Good wedges. Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure they are. Maybe they'll. Maybe they'll send me those next. More bagging. We're back to that. <laughs> After if I'm hitting my driver so long and so straight, Rex, that can only mean one thing. Yeah. It's going to leave me plenty of wedges into those par fours. Back to being a beggar. You love to see it, uh, folks. We'll do it. We'll do this again uh, tomorrow, as promised. We're going to give you guys uh, daily pods from the Open Championship. We'll talk to you guys on Friday night, at least our time. <laughs>